Well, I've, I've been asked to do a TED talk on reaching, on reaching Australia, Reach Australia, the uh, new organisation we started. And I must confess to actually not knowing what a TED talk is. I've never seen a TED talk. So I actually, the only TED talks I've seen are the things we do at these conferences where we call them TED talks. So that's as much experience as I have. I understand that the key is they've got to be 20 minutes. And I must confess to not knowing what 20 minutes is. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes too. And if it helps, I, I think um, just as, I, as we talk about this time, um, I don't know what a TED Talk is. I don't know if you know what a TED Talk is, but it might be, uh, this might help. Think of this next period of time, however long it may go, as, a, as an advertisement, as an advertisement, all right? An ad pretty much for Reach Australia. And if it helps, actually conceive this whole time together as... I like to think of it as we've all gone to the movies together and uh, we're, we're waiting for the, the main event, the main show to come, the, the great movie we're looking forward to. It's got a strange title. It's called Grace, Discipl- Di- Discipline and the Rebirth of Spiritual Disciplines, but it's starring Rory Shiner and so we look forward to that. And I think it's a romantic comedy. So I'm looking forward very much to that. I'm hoping it's a romantic comedy because, because I brought my wife along. And if you take your wife to a romantic comedy, great win. It's a big tick the box, all right? So we've done all that together. But um, basically what I'll be doing is giving you an ad about Reach Australia. Does that help you understand what's happening for us at the moment? Good, there we go. Reach Australia. Uh, some of you know about Reach Australia. It's not just talking about reaching Australia, though that's what we'll be onto. It's the thing called Reach Australia, and it began this year. It's a new ministry. We um, had our first conference uh, in, I think it was June this year, and it's very exciting. Almost uh, 800 people came from around the country to this conference uh, from all over the place, uh, from 250 different churches, I think the stats worked out as from all kinds of different denominations, gathered together to see that we might stir each other to reach Australia. And it's a great name. The ministry is going to be called Reach Australia. It's a great name because unlike many other names, you don't have to explain what it means or work out how to pronounce it. Let the reader understand, F-I-E-C, what is that? But there we go. Reach Australia says what it is. And in fact, every time you hear someone talking about Reaching Australia, that's another ad for Reach Australia, all right? We've just, great marketing, we've taken the whole idea and embraced it ourselves. Now, what is it? What's Reach Australia? It's an effort to pull together our meagre Christian resources from all our different works to see if, under God, we might make a massive difference together in reaching the country, um, the need is great, you know the stats, uh, Derek gave some of it to us a little bit earlier and uh, d- just very basically, we are not getting ahead. Churches are not, by and large, churches are not growing, we're not seeing people converted particularly, every now and then there are some converts, this is across the board, it is a generalisation, don't let it be a stereotype, but it is across the board basically generally true that churches are not growing, uh, we're not seeing lives changed through the ministries And more concerning as well, is it more concerning, we're not seeing the next generation coming up well, we're not seeing the pipeline developed. Um, There are people going into colleges, we're we're seeing Bible colleges by and large declining in Australia. There are a couple of exceptions, but significantly in those ones that are the exception, the growth is happening with part-timers and non-full-time ministry people. So the actual number of people 
uh, committing to go to theological college for full-time ministry purposes in the future are declining everywhere. Now, that is a great concern for us. How do we turn things around? How do we reach Australia? Um, The key, under God, is the local church. That's always been God's missionary strategy to raise up healthy local churches. And the key to the local church being healthy is its leadership. It's a very simple formula as you work your way through. If we want to have healthy churches that are vibrant, growing, um, reaching out, moving, we need healthy leadership to actually facilitate that, that to be the case. Churches very often reflect the life and half of the pastor who runs them. It's almost an identical correspondence that happens there. It's very simple. If we can, if we can mobilise the leaders of local churches to be deep in character, um, to, be, to be strong of conviction, captured by the gospel and competent, skilled up to know how to grow a ministry, how to work a ministry, what to do with their time, how to manage themselves, we will see churches go forward. Now, not everywhere all the time, but if we can transform leadership, as you see it happen, and we see it happen regularly, you see leadership transformed and changed, the church gets a different flavour to it, the whole thing begins actually to turn around and move forward. It's an extraordinary thing to watch under God as he works. Most men in ministry are on their own, They're making it up as they go. They don't know how to spend their time, what to spend their time on. Uh, They're they're on the verge of burnout very often. They're just running from one urgent thing to the next, doing what they've seen someone else do, but not really knowing what to do in this context. When they get resourced, supported and some direction, it makes a massive difference to the ministry. Now, how do we do that? How do we get the leadership transformed? Well, you come alongside leadership. And you bring resource into it, support and help, encouragement. Now, there's nothing new about that. There have been um, lots of ministries working on doing exactly that for many years, coming alongside church leadership. But uh, here's what's been happening. We identified about a dozen different groups that have been working to get alongside Christian leaders to help them do their job better. And each of them, uh, each of them are doing good things, but none of them have reached what we want to call minimum effective dose. This is a piece of language that we use often in our church. Minimum effective, it comes out of the medical world, that you can take a certain medicine as long as you like, but if you don't get it over a certain dosage, it doesn't matter how long you take it, it'll never actually make a difference to you. Yeah? So, you know, you can, um, you can choose to uh, walk regularly for the rest of your life, but if you only do it once a month regularly, it's not actually effective dose, you see. It won't get any change to your health or actually... Perhaps more. You can buy flowers like clockwork once a decade for your wife. All right. It probably won't make her feel special. There's a there is a minimum effective dose you need to hit. Which I'd be interested to know what you think that is. <laughs> what, what has anyone got any? What is what is minimum effective dose at that point? It might help me. Every day. There we go. Actually, remember we're looking for minimum effective dose, not maximum. Really special. Okay. But there is a certain level that if you get it to that, uh, you, you can then actually make change occur, minimum effective dose. Now, we've had different groups working amongst leadership in churches for a long time now, but they, they're doing a little bit here, a little bit there. Each group is struggling to get the resource to do it properly, and each group is bringing their particular flavour, their particular strengths, their particular style into it, and getting a few leaders involved, a few leaders involved, each different group... And each of them, therefore, aren't quite getting across to build momentum. 
but together. Here's the magic. Imagine if we could get them all together and we could build momentum together and we could get all the different leadership development programs, you know, within our world of theological alignment and so on, if we can get them together to, to work out together what, what would be the package that would actually help a leader, a pastor in a church, know what to do and how to do it. If we could pull all that together, what God might do. So, reach Australia. Our aim is to do what we can do better together. But not just to be together for the sake of being together. This is not some kind of ecumenical task or pursuit. It's rather to come together under a vision, with a plan, to do something together that we can't do alone, that we've not been able to do well alone. It's to come together and fire each other up. Let me give you the the package of Reach Australia, as we imagine it. There's four pieces to it. There'll be a conference, an annual conference, uh, where leaders from uh, and teams and, and uh, church members come from across wherever, uh, aligned theologically together. We come we come to a, for a conference annually, where we get we get great Bible teaching. We get fired up around the cause of the gospel. We get to be reinvigorated and refreshed around the concerns of God and His heart for the world. Uh, we get some workshops, some skilling, some engagement together. Uh, we, uh, we get help to get vision about what God is about and what he might do through us. Conference. We then flow out of that with two other pieces, cohorts and coaching. I don't know if you've found this experience, but you go along to a conference and the conference gives you great ideas and you get excited about what might be and what could be. You dream the dream. You go back to church and suddenly you've got to work out how to land it and you don't quite know how to do that. Implementation is a difficult process in different contexts. But imagine if we could take the conference experience, then actually build that into a follow-up process where 10, 8, 12 leaders get together three, four times a year in intensives where they take the material and the programs that they're working on, they wrestle it through together as a cohort, they get some input and, and get time to actually reflect and work together. Then... Each of those cohort members gets a coach that meets with them once a month to actually help them reflect on applying and implementing and actually landing it all into their church life. Add to that a last piece, we call it consulting, where you get an outside person to come in and step into your ministry, see what's happening, how it's happening and give outside eyes to it. Conference, coaching, cohorts, consulting. It's a powerful package that if we pull that together and we bring the resources to actually make it possible... There are about 2,000 reformed evangelical churches across the country. So we need to be able to do a leadership development program that doesn't just help 10 men, that actually scales out to hundreds. And if we could see that happen as a movement, with the kind of resource input that would then be possible, imagine what God might do amongst us. We might actually see profound and deep change. Now, that's the basic picture. Um, it's, it's, big, it's a big package, but as a collective, when we come together, we can pull it off. And we are. It's happening. Uh, we had that first conference, and if that's anything to go by, we had people coming out of the conference saying, this might actually work. Now, if you know conservative evangelicals, that's like the dead being raised to life again, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, this might actually work is... 
this is fantastic, okay, but expressed in our language, this my work. And so it's very exciting to see what God is doing already. And I, 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 I think this might work, is, uh, is quite a powerful statement to make about it all. So, so there, is, there is the reach of straight peace. Um, makes sense? That's what we're trying to pull off together. Uh, it, it aligns with Geneva, in that Geneva is a coming together of all our different denominational works to resource it better, the church planting piece. We call it the kind of minus two to five years life of a church getting it started, getting it established. Reach astray will be the bit that takes you from five years through to 50, whatever it might be, doing the same kinds of conference, coaching, consulting uh, cohort that packages through to Reach Australia. There's the kind of vision and there's uh, something we're beginning to see happen and uh, it is quite exciting. But let me do this, I want to take you another step here. I think I've got time. Uh, let Let me apply this into us, FIEC. And I want, to, I want to say a few things about... Use this as a vehicle to actually just say a few things about us as FIAC. So bear with me in this. Two, two big things. Reach Australia is the natural overflow of who we are. It's the natural overflow of who we are. Reach, uh, FIAC started because we want to reach Australia. That's why I bought into it. That's why you have gone church planting. That's why we're part of this thing. We wanted to reach Australia one suburb at a time. There was some talk in the early years about um, perhaps we ought to do this FIC work to provide Bible teaching ministries for dislocated evangelicals who can't get a good church. We have resisted that steadfastly all the way along. Because there's a vision for church planting, it is wholly inadequate. In fact, wrong. There's something good, of course, about establishing Bible teaching ministries. But to start a church simply to provide for the needs of a group of Christians who just want a Bible teaching ministry is deeply inadequate. The aim can never be to simply run a Bible teaching ministry. The essence of the Bible ministry is forming Christ in people. The reason we do Bible teaching is to bring the heart and mind of God and his purposes to his world, that they might hear of God, be brought back into relationship with him and have Christ formed. And to have Christ formed in someone is to move them to a place where they no longer just want a Bible teaching ministry, where they actually want to be captured to be like Christ on mission the one who came to seek and save the lost, the one who left the 99 to find the one, the one who gave his life as a ransom for many. You you can't have Christ formed in someone without them turning into a person who's now deeply desirous to reach Australia. And so the aim of reach Australia is a natural outcome of the aims of FIC. We just wanted to do it one church plant at a time. We started properly to run Bible teaching ministries that would change lives, that would form God's heart in people, that would turn them from being inward to being faced outward to reach Australia. So this new thing is a natural overflow of who we are as a denomination, little d, 
right? Let's be careful with that word. But to make who we are something more than what we've, as we've wanted to be in reaching Australia. It's the natural next step. We want to do more. Who does not want to see Australia one? Hands up. I mean, <laughs> it's just, isn't that your heartbeat? Isn't that our heartbeat? Could you imagine a day where, let's just, I mean, Tim mentions, was it 1% of Coffs Harbour uh, understands the gospel, is I think what he's saying. Imagine just 10% of Coffs Harbour being captured for Christ, the impact that would make. That's still a long way from where we need to be. But the profound difference that piece would make. We want to do much, much more. We must never set our vision by the barns, by the buildings we're in. We've got to keep setting our vision by the fields and the great harvest that's out there, the 24 million that don't yet know Christ. It's the natural overflow, Reach Australia is the natural overflow of who we are as as a denomination. But, But here's another piece. It's also a necessary separation from who we are. And here are some personal reflections on our denomination, little d. Denominations can't continue throughout their life as exclusively growth-driven and growth-focused. Now, I know this is going to sound almost blasphemous, right? But as time goes on, a fellowship of churches, which is what a properly a denomination is, a fellowship of churches must shift from being purely growth-focused to becoming a home for churches at all stages of their life. It's actually often very easy to grow new things. New things are novel and people are captured by novelty. People want to get out of the humdrum. Of where they, it's often easy to grow new things. And it's easy, therefore, to be, when you're in a new thing that's growing, to be critical of older ministries that aren't growing, as if you're the key and you're the secret. Somehow you've done something. But churches go through cycles, and churches need to exist in all kinds of settings and situations if we're going to reach the country. So we need to have some settings churches in some settings that won't lend themselves to much growth. There'll be some settings uh, like mining towns or small country towns or fly-in, fly-out of context or older suburbs that are ageing that just won't have the same kind of growth you will see in another setting and context. And they need to be honoured. They need to have a home. They need to have a place where they could come and and, and feel loved and cherished and valued and welcomed and supported and helped. Us growth people can often look down on established denominations and be critical of how little focus they are on growth and talk about how they need to bite the bullet and shake things up. There's truth in that. But a fellowship, if it's going to be mature, needs to embrace all kinds of churches at whatever stages they are. And we're very new, but as the years go on, this will become more evident to us. Otherwise, this will be a place where churches that are struggling to grow will feel judged and unable to come. And a denomination can't be that. It needs to be a home for all the churches aligned with us. Is this making sense? That's the nature of our fellowship. It has to be like that. Established denominations have to have that shape about them. Don't be critical of them because they can't be this 
energetic, young, vibrant, go and conquer the world thing. They've got other issues to have to wrestle with, do you see? You, you can't be that group of people that when the church comes in wounded, you shoot them because they're holding you back. But reach Australia. We can't shoot them either. But <laughs> that was where we're heading for a moment there, wasn't it? But Reach Australia can be a focused ministry. It, it, can, it can trade on the fact that the churches that are participating in Reach Australia have a home. They have a place where they can be loved and honoured and fellowship and so on. And Reach Australia can, can move from that to be more focused, can actually ratchet up the vision for growth in the supportive context of love and all the rest and work towards change. Do you see what I'm saying here? FIAC has a growth vision, but it can't be exclusively a growth vision. It needs to be more than that. And so, Reach Australia is a natural outflowing of our FIAC vision, reaching Australia. That's why we started. But it has to be a necessary separation from FIAC. Do you see? We can't simply bolt it in. Because it would make our fellowship a place that can't be a home, which it needs to be. We need, therefore, to have FIC as a, as a home, but that continues to have a vision for growth. How do we achieve both those things? By having a close partnership with Reach Australia. By engaging together outside of ourselves with networks beyond ourselves that will keep us thinking growth whilst still being able to be a home for wherever you're at as a church, honouring you and encouraging you. And our hope is that Reach Australia can serve as that balance and Geneva so that FIC can be the home and the, the catalyst for church planning but use Geneva as a resource to facilitate and manage and keep sharp on that. And then as churches grow further, it can become a partnership with Reach Australia that will actually be the home and a place to be nurtured and encouraged in its desire to keep growth on the agenda. Do you see how this can work together? It can be a wonderful ecosystem. We, we need to bunch together at this particular time in church history. It may not be the case always in the future. For years, denominations have aimed to set themselves as totally self-sufficient. I don't think in this patch of history we can do that. Not if we're going to change things. We need each other. And let me be particular about this. We as FIEC, we need a wider movement. We need a network to mature us as a network. We need relationships and networking with other denominations. And I, let me be more particular. We, we, I think we need especially to have a connection and a relationship with Sydney Anglicans. Um, now, I don't know how you feel about Sydney Anglicans. Uh, it's easy to diss them, isn't it? Uh, like, <laughs> they're a large group, they're an easy target. Uh, in the media and on social media, they're an easy target. I, I read a Facebook post the other day. Um, I know none of you are on Facebook anymore because you're too young, but I'm still on Facebook. But I read a post the other day of someone who was having a go at a church that wasn't a Sydney Anglican church. Within two posts, it became a critique of Sydney Anglicans. I was, just, I was completely shocked at how we went from some church out there into Sydney Anglicans, which then was a pile-on for the next 20 comments about Sydney Anglicans. It didn't even start there. 
They are a very easy target. And they're easy, I think, because out of most of the Australian denominations, they have stood for unpopular biblical positions and done so publicly. Praise God for them. Glenn Davies, the Archbishop of Sydney, do you remember his stand on the marriage issue? Praise God for that courage. Have you noticed his stand on the abortion issue? Praise God for his public stand on that issue. Now, Glenn Davies didn't appear out of nowhere. How did Sydney get a leader like him? Because of a deep heritage of clear thinking, deep theologically minded radicals who have worked together over generations, who have a robust theology of the word, who have thought deeply about social issues, who have created a culture of courage. You think of almost every archbishop in the last 50 years, if you can do that, they are extraordinary leaders who have stood firm. In comparison, we are a shallow movement. We're a wonderful movement, but our roots are inches deep. We've been going 15 years. You, you, you know, it's wonderful, don't get me wrong, but we have almost no theological intellectual heritage. We popped out of a spa 15 years ago. <laughs> We're working this out as we go along. Um, we're planted and it's a good tree, it's a great tree, but we are yet to mature and deepen. Pray God we will and the trajectory is great. Praise God for where we're going. But we need the richness and depth and heritage of Sydney. We need to find contexts where we can rub shoulders with them and hear from them and reach Australia aims to be one such context. We need Sydney Anglicans. Now, what do you think I'm going to say next? Every denomination in the world needs us. No, no. Um, it would balance it nicely, wouldn't it? But uh, um, let me say it this way. Under God, by His grace, we do have some things to offer. No one needs us. The world would survive without us. But we do have some things to offer. The Prezi's could find some help, the Reformed churches, the Anglicans. Not because we're better, it's because we are young as a movement. There's, there's, there's no pat on the back because of that, it's just what we are. And being young as a movement, we've experienced what it is to take risks and make changes and step out. We've had to. We've had nowhere else to go except school halls and to work out where to meet in community centres and all the rest. We've had to make property from nothing. We've, we've just had to do that. It's because we're a young movement and because we've done those things, we've seen God wonderfully bless our efforts and we have an opportunity, not because we're better, not because we have all the answers, but we have an opportunity to bless and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ beyond us. They have served us. I think it's fair to say that Reformed evangelicalism across the country owes a great debt to Sydney, we owe a great debt to them and as much as we can do to help them back is a great gift. You know, we established denominations do need to rub shoulders with you. 
when I talk to them about some of the things you do, they look at me like I've told them about a unicorn in the backyard. They sort of go, oh, really? Yeah, right. <laughs> that can't be true. We tried that once and it didn't work. Um, well, these blokes are doing it. Well, it couldn't work in our context. They need to rub shoulders. We need each other. We need to rub shoulders with them in colleges and etc. And Reach Australia gives another channel for that to happen. God is blessing the work here, but we cannot reach Australia on our own. And one of the dangers with independence is that we'll think we can just do our thing in our corner, imagining that we've produced all that we've got. We trade so heavily on others and all the provision that has come to us. And so let me finish with a Bible verse, because you won't get one in the romantic comedy to come. Come with me to Ephesians chapter Come with me to Ephesians chapter four. Verse 28. This will take 15 minutes, it's all right. (laughs) No, it'll take a minute. Look at verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. That's a very basic verse about the transformed life of being brought to Christ, how it's got to change your behaviour from being someone who takes to someone who now works and is productive, who is able to meet their own needs by their own efforts rather than taking it from others and becomes now a giver. This is a very basic principle of growing up, of actually coming to spiritual maturity. And so personally, as you mature as a person... You move from being a receiver, someone who gets, which babies need to get. I mean, young children need to receive. That's a great, that's wonderful, appropriate and good. And they want to enjoy the blessing of that. They do. Um, it's normal and natural. But as a young person grows and grows, they need to mature under God, by His Spirit, by His grace, to actually become someone who starts to stand on their own two feet, begin to actually work for themselves, no longer take from others, and actually move to the next stage of becoming a giver. You can see where this is going. As a church, when churches start, enjoy receiving. It's a great blessing to receive from the fellowship of churches that, that give money and give people. And, and we need to learn to be, all of that's wonderful and good as you start churches. But the great aim of a church is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. That you begin to work the ministries so that you can stand on your own two feet and step even further along where as a ministry you can become a giver, contributing to the wider work. That's maturing as a church. Let me say for a fellowship. As a fellowship we received much. We've got a lot to be thankful for, for the ones who invested in us and helped us. Um, But brothers and sisters, I want to urge us to appreciate that Our aim as a fellowship is to mature that we might now no longer need and be dependent like that, though still receive and be blessed and helped and actually move to be a movement that becomes a a net contributor, a giver to the cause of the gospel across the country. That's maturity. So can I encourage you to do three things in terms of the way you use your time? 
Can you, could you break your time into thirds? Think about growing your church, investing your time into growing the ministries of your church. Pour yourself out into serving the people, growing the people, reaching the people the regions are in. Grow your ministries. Can you give one third of your time, or whatever number it is, into the fellowship? We, we can only be what we are as people invest into it. But can I encourage you then to think one more step and actually give some of your time beyond the fellowship into the wider work, wherever that is. Is it overseas mission? Is it local mission? Is it Reach Australia, Geneva? Where Find some way to serve the cause of the gospel beyond your church, beyond your fellowship, into the wider world. That's the only way we're going to reach Australia. But I want to suggest that if we do all of that, under God, by His grace, through His empowerment, as we're faithful to the cause of the gospel, as we come together, what God might do. This might actually work. And it's very exciting to see what God is doing. I pray. I don't know if that was a TED talk, but there you are. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for what you are doing and pray please you do much more. We do ask that you might do something wonderful in our day. We pray this for your glory. We pray for the salvation of men and women. And we ask, please, that something wonderful might happen. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.